Hello, everybody. This is Tammy Goodwin and Elena Taylor. And we are here with Positive Vibes for today. And today, you know, usually you're not going to hear a lot of political stuff from Elena and I because that's not the platform that we built. Uh, we really built a platform to educate a positive ways to change things that we want to change. Right. And do the same thing with what we're about to talk about now. Because we're going to talk about something that's delicate and something that means a lot to us because we are African-American and we have African-American children, especially boys. So I'm going to give the floor to Elena first to talk. We're going to talk about George Floyd. And we don't want to move away from George Floyd because I think some of the things that are, that are happening right now have taken the picture off of really what the focus should be. And it should be... This man, no matter what he did, even if it's true that the $20 he gave was counterfeit, no way did he deserve to lose his life in broad daylight in front of lots of people who wanted, who wanted to help him, but who were threatened to be sprayed with mace, who possibly could have been shot, because of how it could have looked to the officers who were doing this, but four officers who were there and three officers who had a chance to change the outcome of the entire situation, but nothing happened. So yes, we're going to talk about it. Alina, you have the floor. First of all, as a mom, uh, I accidentally watched the video. Someone sent it to me and um, I clicked on it and wasn't really sure what was going on and ended up watching the whole entire thing and to hear him call for his mom at the end for me is the, the whole thing was disgusting but to see him cry for his mom at the end was devastating to see the officer stand there, put his hands in his pocket, look into the camera without any type of remorse infuriated me to no end. In fact, it made me physically sick. Ahmaud Aubrey made me physically sick because I tend to take things very personal because I'm raising, well, I've raised five black children, two of them who are males. And the atmosphere that I created with him growing up is like, like me. I was happy. I thought everybody loved each other. Um, didn't really think about race at all. There was nothing I thought I couldn't do. No place I thought I couldn't be. So I raised them like that. And they're naive to a point. And have honestly asked me why was I so angry? I was angry because I saw my sons. I, am, I was upset because I have to give my son a speech after raising him in an environment of taking people on a case-by-case -case basis. You don't judge. You don't blanket judge anything. You let people present themselves. And you take things on a case-by-case -case basis. If they don't show you anger or, or 
bullying or, or racism or whatever the case may be, then, you know, whatever your interaction is, it is. So I had to look deeply into that thought process. There was a reality I raised them in, and then there was the truth, the real reality of me having to say to my six one and six two foot boys who weigh over 250 pounds that even though I know that you would never, ever hurt anybody, that when I have a heart day, I get home from work, you got candles and yoga music playing in the background because you just want me to relax. That's not what they're going to see. They're going to instantly see a black male. And immediately my thought was to get angry because I'm thinking of protection. Um, so when I saw the video, it just, it took me to a different place. I'm normally a very calm person, but when I think about anybody harming my kids, I honestly don't even know who I am. That's how deep my anger goes. So I haven't said anything publicly because I had to deal with my anger and how I addressed the issue. Um, I don't like having to take freedoms from my children at all. I don't like having to say, oh, it's dark. I would rather you not go out to the, to the store and get some Gatorade. Um, I would rather not to have to say that to them. Um, there, there's an answer. There's a solution. I don't know what the solution is. I'm going to be honest. Um, my first reaction is anger and defense and protection. That's my automatically mom mode reaction. But when I see what's going on on TV, I can understand people hurt. I can understand their anger. But at the same time, I think we've deviated or it's been, there are some things that have been deviated and taken the, the focus off of what we're really, really trying, the points we're really trying to get across. That this altered freedom that we have for black people, especially black males, is not freedom. That this altered freedom includes, yes, you have rights, but depending on how I feel about you, I can take those rights. Depending on how I feel about the color of your skin, I can take those rights and you no longer have rights. Um, I want, if I could say anything, I want us all to, to focus on the, the heart of the man that actually did murder him. You don't always see the hate that people have until it presents itself. And that's the tricky part. And that's why I don't know the answer. How do you, how do you change a person's heart if you don't know where their heart is? Until you're faced with an evil like the police officers 
the one that actually committed the crime and the other three that committed a crime by accessory to murder is what I feel. Because at any point, either one of them could have drawn a gun on him and said, stand down. At any point, they could have held him accountable, whether it was subduing him in any kind of way. Because George Floyd was already subdued. He was already handcuffed. He was already laying on the ground. There's not too much he could have done. Even if you felt threatened, it's still not too much that he could have done. However, they could have turned, drawn their weapons on their officer who was breaking the law and told them, stand down or we'll shoot. Because other than that, he wasn't, he, I don't, I don't even think he he would have even thought that, I don't know. I just don't understand the, the other cops and their, their thought process. And I'm not saying all cops are bad. I'm not saying all white people are bad. Like I said, it's, it's more of a heart issue. It's racism, yes. But it's a heart issue. It's an ingrain. And the only way that heart changes is God. I, I can't, I don't know. I'm not a passive person when it comes to things like this, but sometimes I feel like saying that God is the answer is passive because I feel like if someone bothered my kids, you have to battle. So it takes a lot to subdue angers to subdue emotions as an African-American person and deal with this in a different way than what what's happening now. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I wish I did. I'm not going to stop until I find one, though. Um, I used to think, honestly... I didn't care about any, anybody on the face of the earth but my five kids. And I've said that numerous of times. Um, as long as it's not Victoria, Lauren, Catherine, Justin, and Aaron, I don't care about anybody else. Just don't bother my babies. But I realized that I am everybody's mom. Every African-American male and, and female, I'm their mom. And until they actually can walk and live free, neither can my kids. So that's really, really important for all of us to be able to walk and live free here and that the ones with hate in their heart become such a minute part that when it's time for people to stand up against them, we will outnumber them. Not just outnumber them, but take action. But take action. Nobody should be afraid to save someone. I don't care who the perpetrator is. No one should be afraid to save someone. Because I tell my kids, if you cannot, if you ask all five, ever since they were little, two things. Two things. It, it may not be the right attitude, but it's two things. I will kill and I will die for my kids. 
without blinking an eye easily. So if that was my child on that ground, I would have died that day. Yeah. I know for me, it was, um, it was a lot to see. It was a lot to see because to find out that his mom that he was calling out to was dead. Yeah. Um, that means at that moment he was, pro I mean, I'm just guessing and, you know, usually when that happens, he was probably seeing her because he could, he's dying. Mm -hmm. he feel that he was dying. And it was, it was disheartening to me. Just the cold, callous way that the guy sat there with his knee on his neck, with his hands in his pocket. And mm -hmm. he didn't have a care in the world. And I was even more saddened that you know, these, these police officers who take an oath yes. to uphold and protect the community, right. not the police force, but the community. But I have been definitely encouraged because there's uh, a lot of uh, police forces in different areas who are letting their police force see this video because mm -hmm them to know this is what you do not do right your fellow officer doing this you need to reprimand your fellow officer because they're in the wrong right because there was another guy another policeman he's on tiktok and he was saying you know for him he was like hey guys what are we thinking as a policeman we we say we're going to uphold the law and protect the community so if that means protecting them from one of our own we still protect the community. And right. what, I want, um, what I want to say to my black brothers and sisters out there is that don't strike every person who is not black. Right. If they're not trying to not help. Right. Some people who want to help, they just don't know how to help. And right. we remember, this isn't anything new under the sun. If you look in the Bible, racism has been way before our time. The Jews, the Israelites, the Arab, you can read the Bible and you can read about all that happened, all that has gone on. However, what we need to do is we don't need to, because somebody else cut us, we don't need to bleed on somebody else who hasn't done us wrong. Right. We need to, when somebody from a, a different nationality is trying to understand what is going on, it's okay for us to help them understand. Because right. then, if they're trying to, uh, you know, appease us, then we're like, well, they don't understand. Well, no, they don't. But they're trying to understand. They really are. So let's give them a chance and teach them and tell them. Like, we, I had a friend. She, she was like, listen, I don't understand. Help me to understand why these people are acting the way that they're acting. So I just put it plain and simple. It's just because it's easy as a parent to make it easy. It's mm -hmm. like having kids and your kids getting on your nerves. When your kids get on your nerves, you want to shake them. Or you want to beat their behinds. Right. But there's a difference between a spanking and a beating. Being abusive. Mm -hmm. 
when we lash out and we smack our kid in the face, when we lash out and we throw them across the room, we are being abusive. When people are looting, people are throwing bombs in buildings, that becomes abusive. Those who are standing up, letting their voices be heard, who are marching, who are doing those kind of protests, they are the ones that's giving a spanking. They're the ones that's trying to say, hey, we need to stop this. And what we don't want is, we don't want the looting and the, all this stuff that's going on. Because if you are paying attention, what they're doing, if you're paying attention, that has become the forefront. And George Floyd has become George who? Mm-hmm. We don't want George Floyd to become George who? Mm-hmm. Because this is like Ahmad. Ahmad lasted a few weeks, and then we haven't seen any more about Ahmad. If you had posted on that day that everybody ran for Ahmad, I challenge you to keep posting every day that you run for Ahmad. Not just the one day, every day. Because what we got to do is we got to keep these people in the forefront of our minds. And what we have to do, instead of just getting out there to protest, let's get out there. Let's pray. Let's protest. Let's be proactive. Vote. 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 Have a voice. Have your voice heard. Vote. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. God is giving us a chance to do some things, but we got we got to put our faith in our deeds. I I am a true believer that God is in control. If it was my kid, do I know what I would do? No, I don't because I wasn't in that situation. I don't know what I can do. I can tell you what I think I might do, but I would I would probably be handcuffed behind bars, shot or something because it was my kid. Because I would react on emotion first. And then I would think about, you know what? Let me pray. I'm just, I'm just being honest. And yeah. here I am now. Honestly, do I want to slap somebody? Shoot, yeah, I want to slap somebody. Would I like to shoot somebody in their pinky toe? I absolutely would like to shoot somebody in their pinky toe. But I'm not going to do that. That's not what I'm going to do because that's not the right thing to do. Two wrongs don't make a right in any book that I have. What I have to do is I have to take stock in what's going on and I have to bond with like-minded people and we got to come up with some solutions. Not a Band-Aid. Not a Band-Aid. We need solutions. And so that's what we need to do. We need some solutions because we are sick and tired of being sick and tired. We are sick and tired of, you know what? I don't care. When people say, oh, well, you know, they, you know, they'll get paid or they'll get money. You, the paid and money doesn't bring back the life that was lost. Mm-hmm. The same thing with the five guys from when you see us. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much money they got paid. It still does not take away the abuse. It does not take away the life that they love. It does not take away how they brewed, they sent that young boy to a maximum prison and he went to one after the other and he was brutally beaten. He was raped. He was stripped of who he was. And then, oh, we send him back to the community and we give him some money. 
That man, we don't know what he's going to go through in life. We don't know how much therapy he's going to need in life. Because who he was was stripped. And it was by the grace of God that he wasn't totally broken. It was by the grace of God. And so it is time for us to speak up and speak out. And for me, do I hate white people? No, because it wouldn't work in my house because my husband's white. So it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. My kids are white. It's not going to work. I have to teach my kids how both sides exist. And not everybody is like that. My husband is not like that. My husband is concerned. He's extremely concerned. What am I going to do for our kids? How can we make this different? We're concerned because we have a black police officer who's a friend of ours into the cap police. We don't want him getting hurt because you know what? Not all cops are bad. Not all black people's are thugs. Not all black boys uh, gonna steal. Not all black people are rowdy. Yeah, we loud, but you know, but not all of us, but a lot of us. But we like to have fun. We like to party, and ain't nothing wrong. Exactly. So my thing is. Okay, I feel like I'm having a Rodney King moment. Can't we all just get along? Just get along. Yeah. You know, you know, we had this situation when all this happened with Rodney King. I mean, what needs to happen, I think it's going to happen. I think what Martin Luther King fought for years ago, his dream is getting ready to get even bigger and increase even more. Uh And if you are out there and if you are saying, well, what needs to happen is is people who are influencers, people who can do this, people who can get people going, they need to do do this. If you are saying that, then you need to be one of those people because Uh it takes each one of us to stand up, to step up, to stand out and to speak up and to speak out. It takes each of us. Not just one person to gather everybody, but all of us to help bring somebody along with us to make this thing work. And that's how we're going to do it. That's how they did it back in Dr. King's day. That's how they did it. And we have got to be strong with each other. We've got to be strong. We have got to be people of courage. Yeah. We've got to be people with a rational mind. We can't be emotional. Yes, we're going to have emotions, but we cannot act off of those emotions. We, one thing Malcolm X talked about, you got to start using your mind. You have to use your mind because we are stronger when we use our mind. We are stronger when we use our mind. So we have to come up with great ways so that as our kids get older, as our kids grow and they live in this world that we can teach them how to win the game but you win it right here you win it right here and you win it right here and that's how we're going to do this thing you know what Tammy I think too one I wanted to make the comment that had it been the other way around had it been the other way around had George Floyd had his knee on the officer's neck other officers would not have hesitated to take him out. Not at all. But a crime is a crime. It is. Your job is to protect and serve. Not each other, not just each other, but the public. Yeah. 
It is to protect and serve the public. So if you see, as officers, if you see things happening amongst yourselves, like I have five kids, but if one of them step out of line, the other four will snatch them in like, I don't know, like a deep sea fisherman. They will snatch them in and say, look, you're wrong. This is how, that's not how you do it. Right. And I'm, I'm proud of them for not allowing each other to be messy, to be hurtful to other people, to do other things. That's not right. They snatch each other and it's no problem. Same thing with the cops. I don't know how to get the ones who stand around and watch this crap to understand that your partner, your dude, your boy is committing a crime. Yeah. And it's your job to stop that crime now because he's, he has become a perpetrator and you are still law enforcement. Yeah. And if you don't stop it, then you're a perpetrator too. Yeah. But I think moms, we have a huge, kids learn a lot from us. They learn a lot from us. We decide what goes in and come out of their lives for a while. We should take a more diverse role, a more active role in their lives with diversity. It is important. I used to make my kids research country after country after country after country. And they weren't even 10 yet. That was back when dial-up was, was going on. I would make them research countries, look at other people, look at their lives, look at how they live, look at their agriculture, look at their business, look at their, how, how they interact, look at their family life, look at their food. Yeah. So you're not afraid of something you don't know so that you can accept and respect the differences and then celebrate your similarities because we all are human. So we all have similarities. But that's, that, that's just me. Um, there's probably a lot more. Like I said, I have very controlled, controlled, insane anger. Very controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's there nonetheless. It's, it's, it's there because I think of my kids. I think of my nieces, my great nieces and great nephews and my nephews and my brothers and my brother-in-law and all the black men I know and the black men I've yet to meet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they deserve, they absolutely deserve to walk this earth and live without having a fear of being murdered just by the color of their skin. Yeah. It's their right. Yeah, I'm looking at some quotes from Dr. Martin Luther King. And one, he says, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. 
powerful words. He says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And can I say this? I wanted to speak to something you said, because you said we can't hate these people who are trying to understand. I have friends and all of my white friends, Arab, Indian, Korean, Japanese friends have rallied around me, around the African-American culture, around my children, and shown nothing but love and concern. How can I, what do I need to do? How do I understand this better? I have one friend, I wish I could get her on this show and I may ask her. I have one friend, she's Jewish. And you know, with Jews sometimes, you, you don't automatically say, oh, there's someone that's a Jew. They look white for all practical purposes. She has texted me nonstop since Ahmaud Aubrey to try to figure out how she can be a part of the change. How can I help? How can I understand? What are you going through? And at first, I, I, I literally, at first, I got really defensive. I was like, look, even if I told you, you wouldn't understand. So whatever comes out of your mouth, next, keep it. Like, that was my whole attitude because I was so upset. And my son overheard me talking, and he came to me and he said, Mommy, at least she's trying to understand. Yeah. Don't calm down. Like, calm down. And I was arguing my point about some of the, some of the comments she made I took personally instead of listening to the behind of her just not really knowing, right? And I always credit her with, she, she's an open book. She just, she, if she wants to understand something, she'll ask you. She's not one of those people that's like, mm, oh, well. no, she's like, what does it feel like to be a black mom? You know, it hurts me thinking about you. And I'm thinking you could never hurt enough. And my son was like, mommy, don't do that. Like, seriously. And they both, actually, and this is part of the snatching that I was telling you about. It doesn't matter. I give my kids full permission to bring me on the carpet when I'm wrong. And they've been like that since they were little. And I, it's not disrespectful. A lot of times adults, we think it's disrespectful for your kid to snatch you, but it's not. It's how they do that. Because we're not all perfect. So they came to me and was like, no, that's not, uh -uh. no, call the girls and see. That was their whole attitude because the girls are confirmation. <laughs> They're like, that was wrong. That was wrong. You need to, you, I'm not saying call her back and apologize, but I am saying that you need to deal with it differently, mommy. Yeah. Call the girls, ask the girls. Yeah. I'm telling you, when one snatch, all five of us snatch. <laughs> Because back in the day, there would be no Underground Railroad without the help of the white people who assisted Harriet Tubman. And like I said, I told my kids, I have told them this since they were little, you deal with people 
on a case-by-case -case basis. If you never present, if you hide racism to the day you die and it never present in our relationship, we, I will never know because I'm gonna deal with you on how we interact as humans that love one another, that cares for one another, right? I'm not gonna say, I don't like you because of your race or I'm not, I, I won't do that. You always deal with people on a case-by-case -case basis. If you don't present it, then I won't deal with it. I, you, can be, you can be going through torment yourself when you go home. Ugh, I hate black people, but present to me that we're great friends. We will be great friends. Yeah. Your torment at home has nothing to do with what we do yeah. together. And I know nothing about it. So I love you. Yeah. And you know what the Bible talks about how love covers over most to the sin. Exactly. How, um, you know, love, it, love changes a lot of things. Dr. Martin Luther King said people fail to get along because they fear each other. They fear right. each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because they have not communicated with each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, communication is the key. It really is. When we have people who are trying to communicate and trying to understand, we need to listen and we need to communicate. We don't need to bite their head off, but we need to explain to them why we feel the way we feel, how we feel that, man, we've been treated for many, many, many years. Recently, recently, not just way back in the day, our family, you know, families, our grandparents, our, you know, but us recently. And right. So just a really um, being conscious of how we treat people. And then just, I, always say, I always take it back to the Bible. It talks about how, the Bible talks about how can you, God says, how can you love me when you, when you can't love your brother who's right in front of you? Uh -huh. So it's like, you know what? If we can't love these people, how, how can we love God? And we got to see that, you know what? The people who we consider our enemies. The Bible talks about that too. It talks about for us to pray for our enemies. Now the last thing I want to do is pray for an enemy. But you know what? I said it the other day on my Facebook page. Being like Jesus is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. Because some days I don't want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Tammy and I don't want to like you today. But... <laughs> Because I've decided that Jesus is the Lord of my life and I'm gonna my goal is to live like Jesus, I gotta change my I gotta change my attitude. And I think that when I look at a lot of Dr. King and what he said and what he did and how uh, how he spoke, he he too, everybody has that struggle where it's a struggle to be like Jesus, but you know what? Once I've had the struggle, when I think about it, I know what the right thing to do. He said I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. It is yes. a struggle to hate than it is to love. It is such, it's such a burden. It's such yep. a burden. One, another one that he said, we may have all come on a different ship, but we're all in the same boat. Right. And I love that song by... Um, Mandisa, we all believe the same, which is true. If we took a razor and everybody cut cut themselves, we all bleeding red. 
We all bleed in red. We all bleed the same. Yeah. We all bleed the same. So the challenge is knowing that, right? We know that, but the people with the hate in their heart. Yeah. Exercise it. That's, that's the biggest challenge is because we know that, right? We know that love covers a multitude of sins. We know that love drives out hate. Yep. But I, I think the, the difficulty and the challenge that comes in is dealing with the aftermath of their hate, whoever they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting. It has. It has. I've had to. I've had to do a lot of um, a lot of soul searching for myself. Um, a lot of a lot of soul searching, and not just like I said for my kids. I had to have peace of mind too, right? Um, I'm sorry. A, a little thing just popped up and said that um, the president said that the violent protest is domestic terrorism and he's getting ready to deploy the military. Well, I'm going to be praying for that too. You know, yeah. the last thing I'm going to leave us with is another word of Dr. King. Mm -hmm. Nonviolence is a powerful and just weapon which cuts without wounding and ennobles the man who wields it. It is a sword that heals. And then the, then the God talks about the Bible is a sword. God talks about how our Bible, it, it talks about in Ephesians 6.10, where it talks about putting on the full armor of God. And it tells us how we need to dress. And then it also tells us that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the authorities, the rulers of this dark world. We've got to remember the bigger picture. We have got to remember the bigger picture. And so um, I think we got a lot to, we, we leaving a, we leaving a lot on the table that we can discuss some more later, but let's get back to George Floyd. Let's get back to George Floyd. Let's not get sidetracked all the extra drama. Let's let George stand in his own life. Yeah. Thank you. Well said. Thank you guys so much for joining us for Positive Vibes. We look forward to seeing you again.